Hello, all you beautiful people. You know what time it is. Ladies and gents, guys and dolls, and everyone in between. Gather round. Get you something real nice to sip on and comfy to slip on. Because it's time for Smut Club. Here's your hosts, Chelsea and Hannah. good theme song it is i love it vance did a wonderful job making that theme song (laughs) yes well hello everyone and welcome to smut club i'm hannah and i'm chelsea i i paused like i I, I would pause because i was distracted it's still my name it's very like is it that's good (laughs) I was like, and I'm, oh no, wait, this isn't something that's going to change. It's, I'm Chelsea. Um, and if you hear the little click clack on the ground or the heavy breathing, that is Brandon the Pug, who we also love, um, but listening to him review a book would. It would be a different sort of podcast. It, oh, I, I'm not like a huge ASMR person. Me either. I don't get it. And is that like, is that the sort of thing where it's kind of like cilantro where either like you fuck with cilantro or you don't fuck with cilantro? Is that like how, is that what ASMR is where people are like, hell yeah, I want to listen to people click their nails and whisper. No, I don't. I don't like that. In fact, it makes me deeply uncomfortable. Like certain, certain ones I'm like, like I physically cringe. I'm like, is this my mesophonia or is this genuinely like weird and gross? You're what? (laughs) So... Mesophonia is a thing where certain sounds, like, it's it's like an anxiety thing where certain sounds make me, like, physically, like, I, like, mm. cringe and curl up. Like, the sound of a, a fork on somebody's teeth makes me want to vomit. Yes. Okay. Very specific sound. Sister Act 2. <laughs> Go with me on this. I realize this is already pivoting. So, Sister Act 2... Like the when, whole movie sound? No, 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 no. Okay. That movie slaps. I was going to say. <laughs> like, let's, um, but the um the scene where Whoopi Goldberg is trying to get her class's attention when yep. they're all like acting a fool oh, and like her nails yep. on a chalkboard. Yep. Even as a kid, every time, like I've seen that movie more times than I can count, but every time I knew that scene, was, I'd like be plugging my ears because mm-hmm. the sound. Now, mind you, I, one, I don't think I've ever ever actually heard that word before um but two i definitely i get a lot of like sensory overload like i i realized i'm a highly sensitive person Mm -hmm. like if you've ever read a book about that like you know you know what it is yeah for people who are not in the therapy space um yes i realized i'm like a highly sensitive person and so i get sensory overload very easily Mm -hmm. so i've always kind of equated it or thought of it through that lens versus like there's like specific sounds but yeah, I'm like, no, I, I can't mm-hmm. do that sound. Yeah, I'll definitely get overstimulated. But there are also certain sounds that just irritate me. Mm-hmm. Like I, people love guided meditations, right? Mm-hmm. YouTube, whatever, different apps. I cannot stand. Like I have like two people that I can listen to mm-hmm. because everybody else is so fucking breathy that I can't <laughs> listen to it. I'm like, why are you trying to weirdly seduce me right now this is gross i don't like it so when i did my yoga teacher training 
I did like the intensive one where it was right. like three weeks, Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. Ooh. Um, but from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. each night was like our meditation thing, like portion where we'd like try different types of meditation. Like some were guided, some like mm-hmm. some like binaural beats, like all of those different things. Like we would do a walking meditation. But girl. I'm like, we have done at least four hours of yoga today on top of all of the other, like, educational things, and now you are asking me to end my day laying on the ground listening to a meditation, and you expect me not to fall asleep. It's setting you up for failure. They really were. Mm -hmm. And I honestly didn't give a shit. I was like, what are you going to do? Are you going to kick me out of school because Mm -hmm. I... I was like, if anything, I'm taking what my body needs. So I understand that I passed this portion. Really, all this to say, Brandon won't be doing a book review. <laughs> so We got a little off the rails there. Thank you for coming on that mm-hmm. journey with us. So Chelsea, tell me, yeah. what are we reviewing today? Well, what are you reviewing? Because I'm not doing it. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay, so today we are reviewing Desperate Measures – Bum, By, bum, bum. oh, I didn't know we were doing a bump. Oh, I didn't know either. Desperate Measures. Bum, bum, bum. By Katie Robert. <laughs> there we go. Um, Katie is with two E's, not an I-E, because she fancy like that. Because hmm. they fancy like that. Didn't she also write Neon Gods? Written a lot. I'm actually not. Probably, maybe. I'll have to look it up later. Um, I had been watching a TikTok where someone was like, Talking about the most sex per page kind of, like, Mm. book that they'd read. And it was um, a book by her. Not Mm. this one. I want to say it was called, like, Gifting Gifting You to My Best Friend. I don't know. Something where the title, you're like... I see where we're going. Right. I don't even need to read it because I I got it from the title. Yeah. You're like, there's not going to be a lot of plot here. Nope. And quite frankly, plot's not what you're looking for there. Right. That's not why you pick up a book with a title like that. Yeah. That's like reading anything by Nikki Sloan and being like, Mm. I'm here for the plot. Yeah. No, you ain't. Right. We don't have to lie to ourselves. We can be honest. That's true. Yeah. And I've read a lot of Nikki Sloan. Which is fair. Well, one series has a decent amount of plot. Does it though? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Tell me, does Desperate Measures have a plot? <laughs> um, it loosely has a plot. So this is like the whole like Disney loosely. villains. Right. Um, okay. This is the first book in like the Disney villains where like this one is Jasmine and Jafar. The next book is um like Hades and Meg and Hercules. Mm, okay, okay. I think there are like seven books hmm. in the series. And I'm pretty sure you can choose your own adventure. Like I they are standalones. You meet some of the characters, What, whatever. Right. I've read Desperate Measures and I'm halfway through the second one. But, like, it just, the second one, like, you know those books that you're like, it's just, like, my mood. Like, I will, I would read this in another time. But, like, what I'm looking for today is not this. Yes. Yes. So, one of those. Okay. So, this is the love story of Jasmine and Jafar. Um, if consensual non-consent makes you feel uncomfy, you're going to be a bit uncomfy today. Fair. If, like, baby girl daddy mm-hmm. makes you mm-hmm. uncomfy, you will also <laughs> be uncomfy today. Noted. Noted. Um, 
I know we've talked about this several times on the show, but I like they say daddy so much in this book that like I always think about when I looked at my husband and I was like, <laughs> would you want me to call you daddy? And he was like, could you say it with conviction? <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't think I could, no. especially now, like having a having a baby. I was like trying to hand Ford off to Vance, and I was like, I was like, do you want to see your daddy? And Vance was like, it still ma- he's like, I know it's not sexual at all. <laughs> he's like, it makes me a little uncomfy. But still no. I was like, what would you like our child to call you? He's like, pops, dad. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, oh, you know, straightforward classic option. Right. But yeah, there have been a few times where I like say like daddy and I'm like, yeah. Ooh. I was like, not for me. Am I more likely to call you daddy than our baby? I don't know. (laughs) Probably not. Y'all, I'm only like three sips of wine in. (laughs) It is also worth noting, um, Hannah and I are drinking red wine but didn't want to get wine teeth. So we are drinking it through straws. They're comically large. We have like those big like silicone smoothie straws in our wine glasses, but it's working. So there's that. It works for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Take a sip. <clears throat> so, all right. Um, we open on this book meeting Jasmine. We switch points of view a few times, but like it doesn't really matter. Mm, it's Nothing one of really matters. Yeah. In life, you know? Let's just get existential for a second. So, like, yeah. I was, like, taking notes on this book, and I was like, do I even need notes for this book? Let's see how kind of far we get. So, Jasmine is in her room in her dad's palace mansion. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, it's very much a gilded cage. She's never actually been – she's, like, 25 years old – has never mm-hmm. been off property. Um, but it's, like, very smart. Right. And – her dad has betrothed her in a business deal to Ali. Right. You see. AKA yeah. Aladdin. Aladdin. Right. Yes. Right. Uh, so this is an arranged marriage situation. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Aladdin is not the hero of this book. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're like. I don't know that he was really the hero of the movie, if we're honest. <laughs> But we'll get into the the we can get into the, the interpretations of, of Disney's problematic history later or never. There's like as a kid, you were just not aware of nope. any of those nope things at all. Okay, so she's in her room. She knows that like she's like being sold off essentially as part of this like business deal, and she's not about it. And she hears her bedroom door open, and she has like. I don't know, like a letter opener or some shit in her hand that she's like, gonna ship whoever came into my room. It's Jafar. It's not Ali. And in this, is Jafar still her dad's like main advisor? I'll tell you in three seconds. Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. You're getting ahead of me, Hannah. I'm sorry. (laughs) Not really. It's all, (laughs) once again, does, does any of it matter? Yeah. So Jafar was her dad's top advisor and Jafar essentially just came in and was like, Everything is mine now. Your father's no longer in play. I've dethroned your father. This is my territory. Everything in this territory is mine. You are mine. It's a bold move. Bold move, Jafar. <laughs> bold move. And she's like, okay, so can I just leave? 
And um, would you mind giving me my trust fund money? <laughs> right. And he's like, run. And if you make it to the door before I catch you, you're free to go. And she's like, do I want that? I don't want that. But then, like, there's, like, a narrator voice being like, she does want that. Like, <laughs> it's pretty much how, like, the whole, like, consensual non-consent is right. written out throughout this book. It's, like, her being like, I don't want this. And then in her head, she's like, yes, I do. It's, like, how oh. they kind of write it this whole time. <laughs> um, oh, and no. Yeah. And so she's like, okay, so, like, what if you get, like, what if you catch me before I make the door? He's like, then you're mine, body and soul. And she's like... So I either get to go completely free with my trust fund or you own me. Right. Cool. Right. <laughs> I, what, I, what wish, I wish we had more background because this, for me, is like, damn, Jafar. Like, do you even know her? Do you even like her? Like, so, is this just a new thing for you? Like, we have a little bit of background that comes oh, okay. out throughout the book where, like, he's worked for her dad for five years. Okay. And, like... They've always kind of, like, looked at each other across the room and, like, had mm. that, like, sexual tension. But, like, nothing had ever happened. Right. We will find out far later. Once again, I'm deciding it doesn't matter. I'm keeping no secrets. This book's a shit show. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, we find out later that, like, he had been working towards, like, taking, like, betraying her dad and taking everything over. But then when her dad sold her off to mm. Ali, it, like, moved up Jafar's timeline. So that way, like, he could keep her safe. Got it. Yes. Got it. So he's like, you have to count of ten. So she, like, takes off to the front door. Guess what, Hannah? Does she make it? She doesn't. Oh, she no. She doesn't make it to the front door. And this is very much he, like, tackles her on the tile floor in the foyer of the mansion. <laughs> And is she's like, I don't want this. I want this. Like, and he's like, Are you sure you don't want this? Because you're like, pussy's dripping. Like, right. It's just like, that's most of the book is her being like, I don't want this. And he's like, Your body tells me otherwise. Let me put some fingers up there and tell you that you're lying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. Oh no. Okay. So yeah. So, I have worked in a lot of different places in mental health treatment, okay? Okay. Follow me. Going on this journey. I need my silicone wine straw. <laughs> you do. So, I thought of this. I'm not exactly sure why. But um, at one of the places I was working, there was an incident where we knew that two patients had engaged in sexual activity. It's not that rare, but also not great. Mm -hmm. So our risk manager pipes up in our treatment team meeting where we're discussing what needs to be done. And she starts talking about the incident report and how we need to make sure that we have one for digital penetration. (laughs) And that's all I could think of when you just said that. I don't know why. It's never happened previously on the podcast where I've thought that when you've said it. But all I could think of was her going digital penetration before nine o'clock in the morning every time you say digital penetration in my head i just go digital digital get down (laughs) (laughs) which really makes me think about and think a little differently Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah i see (laughs) you processing right now in a way that you're like oh fuck i didn't like that (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, so essentially, Jafar plows her on the foyer floor. <laughs> um, and we're back. Yeah, and we're back. And But, like, she's like, we both know – what did she say? Like, we both know I can't make you stop. I won't make you stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, when, when all said and done, he's like, let's not pretend you weren't into it. You were. And we're going to do that again. We're going to do that a lot. Like, you made your choice. You didn't make it to the front door. You're mine now. But right. we also learn her, they have a safe word. It seems like we entered the book with them already having a safe word, but I don't fully get, like, where the safe word, like, came from. The safe word is Raja. The tiger. Yeah. Which also, I had a cat named Raja <laughs> based <laughs> off of who I loved and like it was truly a a parent's blind love because I thought that cat was the most beautiful cat in the world and now I look back at photos and I was like everyone was right she was a little ratchet looking oh well she was a Devon Rex which is the breed of Craig mm-hmm. um our our current cat and so like looked like we gave her a shitty haircut but was mm-hmm. just like naturally like that but like Produced a lot of body oil and would just kind of leave, like, a, a belly oil <laughs> trail. And this is all I could think of every time they'd say they're fucking safe. Word. Was a belly oil Was trail? a belly oil Devon Rex cat named Raja. Yeah. Um, <sighs> also, maybe not my best moment. I may have told you the story before. So, when I moved from Florida to Texas for grad school, I couldn't take my cat with me. Like, Raja had been purchased as the family cat, but was very much mine. So stayed with my parents, and the thought was like, yeah, when I'm done in grad school for a few years, I'll take her back. Well, my parents became the primary caregivers for my great-grandmother, who was like 98 years old at the time. Passed away at 100. I don't know how old she was at the time. Anyway, um, my cat hated my great-grandmother. Like, didn't (laughs) hate a soul. Was just like a normal cat who wanted to cuddle, except for my great-grandmother. Would like bite her, but like old people's skin is like so thin. Yeah. And my parents were like, Chelsea, we have to get rid of the cat. She keeps biting your great grandmother. <laughs> and I said, keep the one that will live longer. <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> the comment was not well received. No. Um, I know we're all very surprised. It was not my best moment. I was really sad. But then my parents were like, We'll get you a new cat when you finish grad school. And that's how I actually got Craig. Aw. I wonder whatever happened to Raja. I don't know. She became a safe word. Her spirit <laughs> lives on in desperate measures. Oh, gosh. If that's her spirit, I have bigger questions. Okay. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, they, like, have this safe word that, like, is Raja. We – I'm like, where – like, we never really know where the – maybe I missed it, but it felt like they were just like, oh, yeah, we have this word. Let, we both knew. But I'm like, where did it come from? Anyway. Right. So, like, Jafar loads her up, is like, or go into my penthouse. And, like, bless him. He, he's not a good man. But he is like, oh, like, as they're walking to the penthouse, he's like, oh, I took her. She doesn't even have shoes on. I'm going to pick her up and carry her into the penthouse because I'm not, like, a total asshole. But – Also, on the way there, he's like, so, like, are you on birth control? I'm like, you didn't think to ask that before you tackled her in the house and just, like, had your way with her? Like, maybe we should have. It's a little late now. Yes. Um, 
And then he's also kind of like, she could have made it stop with one word, and she didn't. Like, at no point is she using her safe word. And I want to be very clear about that, is, like, throughout this entire book, Mm -hmm. it, like, it truly is, like, consensual non-consent from that vantage point of, like, she has an out that she knows is there that they keep coming back to, and, like, she's aware that she's not taking her her true out if she wanted it. Right. And she trusts that he would stop if she used it. Yes. Right. Well, because I guess, like, he, like, said something one time a long time ago, like, before the book started, where it was, like, she used the word and he, like, backed off immediately of, like, whatever he'd been saying. So, like, Mm -hmm. we do trust that he would actually respect and honor her safe word. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So then he's, like, all right, well, I got to go out. I got to do some business. Um, She's, like, I don't have any clothes here. He's, like, you can earn your clothes. (laughs) And then he's, like, and... I would like you to be kneeling and naked at the front door when I get back. When are you getting back? Who can say? Just be there. That's a no for me. Yeah. (laughs) No. So, yeah, it's a no for Jasmine as well, if we're being honest. Yeah. Because he leaves and she's like, fuck that noise. I'm going to go snoop. So, go snooping, finds his home office. And in his home office is, like, trying to guess his computer password. And, like, a little green light pops on. And she's like, oh, like, there's, like, a camera that turned on. And she's still trying to guess his computer password and isn't getting it right. And the office phone rings. And it's Jafar. And he's like, so what are you doing in there? And what will I find on the video when I check it? And she's like, oh, it's not, like, a live stream. He can't see me. So then she just, like, masturbates while on the phone with him. And, like, comes and then, like, hangs up. I'm like, what? We got from six to midnight real quick. Yes. What? <laughs> yes. What? Okay. Yeah, he's like, good, good for her. She's like, let me back up. And she's like, and I stuck my fingers in my pussy. And I'm like, there's so many fingers in your pussy in this whole book. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, oh, no. And then after that, she's like, all right, well. Still not going to go to the door and kneel. So I'm going to go to my bedroom and lock the door and go to sleep. But, like, also was kind of, like, thinking, she's like, I'll wake up. She she wakes up to Jafar, like, breaking into her bedroom where he's like, you were not where you were supposed to be. Um, so this is, like, a weird master-slave brat thing. He does call her brat a lot. Mm. Yeah. Like, I... I wouldn't say full, like, master-slave. Well, just the kneeling at the door is master-slave vibes. I think he's really looking for a submissive Mm -hmm. in a... But then it's also, like... I don't know. We'll get into it, like, later in the book, where it's, like... Like, he is trying to keep her in the penthouse to keep her safe... And he's like, yeah, like, she's not going to have to stay there forever. But in her head, she's like, I've just traded one cage for another. Right. Um. So. Is she on birth control? Oh, yeah. Okay. She, no. <laughs> so she is. I just realized we never answered that. Would it matter, though? Probably like, not. Probably it, it not. It was more for me the fact that I'm like, you didn't, you didn't check proactively. Right. Whatever this whole book so he tells her that like someone's going to be coming the next day to um outfit her in some clothes and they're going out the next night and she's like i don't want to and he's like i don't really care what you want and she's like 
give me my trust fund and let me go. He's like, if you want your trust fund, like, he's like, if you really want to go, prove it. Say, say your word. Say it. Like, you don't have to stay. Oh, so that, so he's like, the word is not just for sexy times. The word is for all of this. Say it now. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. I'm not keeping you here. I'm not holding this money over your head. You have to say one but word. But I'm also like, okay, what would you, would you have actually, like, I think right. like sexually he would have respected the word, but I honestly don't know if he would respect the word if she was like, I, I want to actually leave. Right. But it's presented as though he's like, okay, if you really want to go, you have an out. Right. You haven't used it. That's on you. So the next day, the stylist arrives. We meet Tink, the stylist. Yeah, there's Tink. We'll meet Hook later. Oh. Yeah. Aw. Yeah. They're, they cover a lot of different villains. So do Tink and Hook get it on well, in a later book? There are like seven fucking books, Anna, probably. I'm going to have to look it up. I, I don't know if I can commit to reading all seven of these. Well, I would probably pick and choose. Like, I would probably read a Tink and hook one and then i would just see what the other ones were and if i was into it i would read it yeah that's fair instead of trying to roll straight through well and so like tink works for she's a stylist but like she's affiliated with the underworld that's like the sex club that's run by haiti so she's kind of like giving these details of like that's where you're going tonight as like this sex club and like Mm -hmm. if you really like it's trying to help out Jasmine, and she's like, if you really want out, you could, like, make a deal with Hades, but, like, that's probably, like, last, last case. Right. What am I trying to say? Like, maybe don't do that. Worst case scenario. Worst case scenario, not last case scenario. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, the, the word isn't there on the tip of my tongue. Um, but then Jasmine's like, okay, like, thanks. Also, I noticed you only brought me a couple of, like, really slutty dresses. Is there any underwear? Is there any jeans? And Tink's like, I brought what was ordered. <laughs> like, I don't. Oh. Yeah. So we switched to Jafar's perspective really fast. Mm-hmm. And I just wouldn't touch it again. I just hit the mic stand with my hand and it bounced. <laughs> and I'm not touching it anymore. <laughs> we have a new setup this season. And it it involves more body awareness to not hit the mic. We're adjusting. We're adjusting. So I apologize if there are like loud noises that you're like, what the fuck was that? Um, it's us trying our best. Is <laughs> where that leaves us. So where we are. I need a silicone wine straw break. Um, oh. Do you have any questions about the book so far? What are your um, thoughts? So my thoughts. Uh, interesting premise. I like the premise. Right? Yeah. It's a cool premise. Um little confused about that i mean we just we just escalated real quick just right off the rip yeah yeah we did without a lot of context which again if you're in the mood for could be great um and i am thinking that katie robert did write neon gods which was also a hades spoof Mm, that makes sense but it wasn't hades and meg and hercules it was like different was it all of the furies no it was hades and then this girl he he's like a like a crime lord essentially uh, um everybody hates him and but he's into like a lot of voyeurism you know seems like a man who'd be into voyeurism i'm looking up neon gods i might need to add it 
to my list. Or do I need to add it to my list? I did enjoy it. I haven't read the second one. It is Katie Roberts. Yeah. I haven't read the second one, but it sounds like there's a similar theme because in um, Neon Gods, they're very clear about they have a written agreement before they Mm. enter into this relationship. Mm -hmm. They have like a clear understanding of where everybody's lines are, safe words, all of that stuff, which I really appreciated because in a lot of these books with like non-con and like dubious consent and all that other stuff, like it's never never really Yeah, it's not like in a way that you're like, there's really no clear boundaries here No, it's just like gross and really uncomfortable. Yes. But with the way that she wrote Neon Gods, and it sounds like sort of in the way she wrote this one, it was like, oh, so this is maybe not like – you know, the the pinnacle example of how we engage in a healthy BDSM mm-hmm. dynamic, but at least it's closer than most of the other yes. stuff out there, you know? So I appreciate that. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's a weird thing when you, like, read this much smut that you're like, oh, I really appreciate them, like, writing and, like, like consent. Consent. Yes. We love consent. We do. And I do agree. I think there's, like, a lot of books where they're like, this is so hot. And I'm like, this is, like, setting you up for failure. Yes. And, like. Absolutely. Setting you up where it's like, oh, that was never, a boundary was never clearly, like, outlined or discussed. Mm -hmm. And now it feels icky. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So we switched to Jafar's perspective real quick. We learned that, like, Ali is in the wind. Uh Uh-oh. Jafar's men are, like, trying to find him, trying to capture him. He is not to be found. So Jafar's, like, got to keep her locked up. Mm-hmm. Like, got to keep Jasmine safe until we can find Aladdin. Um, because Aladdin does is not pure in his intentions. Sure. Jafar is, though. So we can respect that. You get it. Yeah. <laughs> Jafar is a true gentleman here. <laughs> um. So, like, he gets back to his place, and Jasmine is swimming naked because, you know, she doesn't have swimsuits because he didn't order those for her. We do what we have to. Like, just, this is neither here nor there, but, because he was like, yeah, and she was, like, cutting through the water and, like, really, like, booking it in the pool. And I'm kind of like... If your titties aren't in a swimsuit, right, do, flapping ha- in the wind, yeah, if they're just the water. if they're just flapping in the water, how much does that slow you down? I would imagine a bit. It makes you less water dynamic, not aerodynamic, right? Yes, and I think it also depends on what sort what you're working with. Like for some people, it may be kind of a non issue. For others of us, we'd be getting a black eye. Do you remember? It was like my. This was one of my favorite jokes as a child, and now I'm looking back. No, that's the right look on your face, Hannah. So it was like a blonde brunette and a redhead, like when like blonde jokes were like yeah peak comedy, right? Yeah. And talking about how there was this like swimming competition down this river or whatever, and it was like a breaststroke competition, and so everyone's lined up. They they start going and down at the finish line, like, everyone is coming through, and they're like, man, it has been, like, an hour, and, like, the blonde, like, still isn't here. Like, the redhead has made it. The brunette has made it. Yeah. 
And then when the blonde gets there at the end and they're like, what took you so long? She's like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to start shit. But also I don't think that's how I communicated this joke as a child. Right. Um, but like, I don't think the other swimmers were using their breast for the breaststroke <laughs> was my favorite joke as a child. Oh. I think we just learned a lot about me. I think I just learned a lot about I've me. I gained a lot of insight and a lot of things make sense now. Between that and the cat. Yeah. 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 We're learning so much. Okay. Um, so Jasmine is swimming. Her breasts are making her less water dynamic. I don't know the right word for it. Whatever. Jafar is watching her. Um, nothing really important happens in this scene at all, except at one point she's like, you're so bossy. I should call you daddy. And like, I'm like, oh, I'm watching a kink be born. Right. Like, this is right. where this originated. Is that like, she like calls him daddy, like jokingly once or twice. And she's like, maybe I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Am I into that? Yes. Yeah. There's also a lot of like good girl, which we were talking earlier about, like, and I know we we posted it on our Instagram story, but like the Russ book talk. Yeah. Where like, I just keep thinking of every time Jafar says good girl in this book, I just hear it in Russ's <laughs> singing voice with Russ's aggressively sexual thirst trap TikToks. Right. Good for him, man. Yeah. Carry on. But he has another song called Handsomer hmm. where he says, I'm 5'6", but the money make me 6'5". And I'm like, is he actually 5'6"? Oh, 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 oh. I'm going to have to look that up. Oh, it's such a good – yeah, it's I'm, – I'm, No, I mean how tall is oh, he? Oh, how tall? <laughs> <laughs> Not the song. I mean, I'll look up the I'm song five, later. I'm 5'6", but... but the money make me 6'5". She said, I love your songs. I told her to list five. I like that. Yeah, I'm I like, mean, I'm going to look up the song, but – it's called Handsomer. How tall is Russ? Yeah. We need to know how tall Russ is. This is very important. Um, He's a cool 5'5". Five five. He gave himself an extra inch. Oh, no. He gave himself an extra inch. <laughs> Y'all. Oh. That means he is about an inch taller than me. Which means he is two inches shorter than me. Bless his heart. You know, it doesn't seem to be stopping him. Yeah, I mean, no judgment. Good for you, bro. Like, we're already, like, you're doing great. He That's really is. We love a short king. king. energy. <laughs> so, all right. In the car to, on the way to the underworld that night, Jasmine's wearing one of the slutty dresses where, I'm like, they're like, the front went down between her blow between her boobs and the back went down even lower than that. And there were slits on both sides that like went all the way up to her hip bone. And I'm like, so she's one strong breeze away from like full nude. Yes. Yeah. No one really seems upset about including her. So on the drive there, they do confirm that like Jafar killed her dad. Didn't just like knock him out of power, but like, he did. Hmm. Um, and then he tells her that, like, at the underworld, she needs to be, like, silent and obedient and, like, eyes towards to the ground. And we also are starting to realize, like, yeah, Jasmine has never been in the real world at all. Like, right. she has never been anywhere outside of, like, her family grounds and property outside of this penthouse that belongs to Jafar. So, like, she starts to have some anxiety throughout the night. And he does – he actually, like, is very sweet about managing it. Um 
But yeah, when he's like, you need to be obedient and silent. And she's like, what do I get if I do? And he's like, I'll take care of that pretty pussy tonight. I'm like, you were going to do that anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, don't make that out to be a right, treat. You were going to do that anyway. I'm like, really? Okay. You're just doing what you were going to already do, but we're just relabeling it. Yeah. Got it. Um, and then, then he's like, what do you want as a reward if you obey? And she's like, I want it like it was before. Like, I want you to force me. And damn, I put quotes on it, but she's like, I, like, lick my pussy, daddy. Make me come. And I'm like. I wish that you hadn't. <laughs> and then he goes down on her. He gives her a blowjob. <laughs> See previous episodes See previous if you would episode. like context for that joke. For me, everybody gets a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he goes down on her in the limo. So they get to the underworld. She's a little bit nervous. Um, and that's where we also meet Meg, Megara, mm-hmm. um, one of Hades' Furies, his favorite of the Furies, I would say. Obviously. Um, and Meg is like, she is exquisite. Like, look at you go, Jafar. You want to share? And he's like, <laughs> if she's into it. Hmm. Um, and then when, like, Meg walks away, Jasmine's like, you told her you'd share me? And he's like, yeah, you really don't seem that upset. But, like, <laughs> okay, like, whispers a lot of dirty shit in her ear. And it's yeah. just kind of like. Not saying anything that you don't want. like Right. Like calling her bluff, essentially. Yes. Like, this whole book, really. I'm And I'm giving way more detail than is needed for as much as it's actually happening. Hades meets Jasmine. That happens. Um, they go to, like, the main lounge area where, like, everyone's out in the open and, like, a lot of business talk is happening. And... That like Jasmine is realizing like oh part of her being here is like Jafar to show like the power that like he has taken over her father is no longer in play and she's there with him and like kind of like being used as a pawn a little bit mm-hmm. but she's also like I get that appearances matter and like I'll be like your good girl fuck it baby girl good girl Doesn't daddy none, none of it matters <laughs> So they're sitting in the main club room, and um, she's sitting on his lap, like, and he is fingering her, and then Hook walks up, and, like, Jafar's having a completely, like, normal business conversation with Hook while Engaging in digital penetration. Yeah, while engaging in digital, digital get down. <laughs> That's it from now on. That's it. You, you see. <laughs> um, and then... Like, Jafar's like, what do you, like, what do you think of that business exchange? Like, after Hook walks away and she has come all over his fingers or whatever the fuck happened. And she's like, oh, I think he's nervous that, like, you're going to, like, make a play for his territory. And Jafar's like, oh, like, you're pretty perceptive of business for someone who who is engaging in the digital, digital get down during that whole conversation. <laughs> um, Wait, what else did I even? Oh. Oh, I skipped a whole. None of oh, it matters. No, sitting in the mid club room, she's on his lap. He's rubbing her leg and under boob. She spreads her legs to give him more access. He says, 
wicked girl, maybe I should just blindfold you and put you in a spreader bar, then let everyone take turns eating your pussy until you're begging for mercy. And then we meet Hook. I apologize that I really got this plot out of order. (laughs) Honestly, I don't know how we could have moved forward with the review without that context. It made all of the difference for the book. It did. It did. The book would have made no sense if we didn't have Jafar saying he was going to put her in a spreader bar. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like, next time I'll let everyone take a turn. Mm Mm-hmm. The only person who gets a turn outside of him later in this book is Meg. Like I was going to say, knowing full well, he's never going to share her with another man. That's never going to happen. I don't know. Well, there's seven books in the series. Maybe they'll make a reappearance. Who can say? Um, so then he like realizes that she was perceptive in that conversation. And he's like, you were like such a good girl. What do you want as your reward? And she's like, make me, daddy. Hannah, it's then like two or three chapters, like 20 pages worth of just like sex (laughs) like (laughs) one of those where it's like is this scene over and then it's like no it's not yeah it's like they're like fucking around yeah and then he's like wait hold on and then like tink shows up there's there's a whole costume change she's then like dressed as a schoolgirl. they move to a different room in the sex club playhouse called the underworld like that's an office and they're like playing out some of their fantasies of when like he used to see her walking around when he was there doing business with her dad and like it's like 20 fucking pages. I'm like I just had to take a moment to look it up because it was like hearing you describe it I was like wait a minute was Neon Gods like part of this storyline am I misremembering was that Meg it absolutely was not so she wrote two books about Hades I just had to look it up really quick because I was like, wait, what was her name? Because I wasn't positive. But no, it was Persephone. So she has a Hades I was literally about to ask Meg. you if it was Persephone. It was Persephone and Neon Gods. So it was, she has Hades and Persephone book and then she has Hades and Meg book. I just had to like clarify because I was like, wait a minute. This is all very like. Good for Hades, man. Right? Get it. Yeah. Um, but it, I was like, this is very like reminiscent of Neon Gods. Yes. Like a lot of the vibe. One of my favorite classes that I took in undergrad was um, Greek mythology. Because mm-hmm. it was literally just storytelling. Every class, you'd sit there and you'd be like, what, what happens next? What Greek god got someone pregnant this week? <laughs> like, what Greek god fucked a human this time? <laughs> um, yeah, so then, like, I'd say it is worth noting that, like, Jafar's like, you, like, would, like, want want people to watch, like, want to be on display. And then she's, like, riding him, and he, like, flicks a switch behind him and, like, defrosts the window because they're in the sex club, and there's, like, a bunch of people watching them go at it. And she's like, I'm into that. Yeah. So, like, that oh. happens. She passes out from all the orgasms. They, like, sleep. <laughs> I and hate w- it when that happens. If I had a nickel for every time I had six or seven orgasms in one night <laughs> at a sex club. Right. Called the Underworld. Yeah. I'd have zero nickels. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what are what are we buying um, from the Dollar Tree? Nothing, because with inflation. <laughs> well, yeah, I I would be... Still n- nothing. Nicholas. Not mm. not a man named Nicholas. Classic mix-up. Sorry. That was so bad. <laughs> it wa- that was not my best joke. I liked it. It was just bad. It might, I was going to say, not my best joke, not my worst joke. It might be my worst joke. As I said it, I was like, I deeply regret this. 
Um, yeah, so she passes out after all of the orgasms. And then when she wakes up in, like, the bedroom where they spent the night, Ali is in the bedroom. Uh-oh. Yeah. And he's like, you know, like, Jafar killed your dad. Like, I don't know. Maybe he says that now. Maybe he says it later. I don't know. It doesn't fucking matter. Um, but it's like, I'm going to rescue you from your father's murderer. And she's like... No, oh no, and he's like, "I'm, you're mine," and she's like, "Fuck, no, no, thanks." And then he like takes off. Then Jafar shows up, and Jafar's like, "Oh, like she looks out of sorts. I must have like gone too hard last night." And she's like, "Ali was here," and he's hmm. like, "Oh, well, that's no good." So they go and like tell Hades. Then Hades is like, "Oh, I'll rescind his membership." That's that's really all that happens there. <laughs> um, okay. We didn't think to rescind his membership previously? Well, why would he have rescinded his membership previously? I don't know. I thought he and Jafar were tight, so I figured. I mean, I think they're tight, but, like, in that way where, like, business associates who both Mm. have a lot of power are tight, where, like, a lot of shit goes down under, like... Like, at the underworld, which gives Hades even more power, right? So, I think, like, unless something happens, Mm -hmm. like, you ain't special. Like, you can be besties, but unless someone, like, fucks up and breaks the rules, I have no reason to kick them out. I think it's more of the energy. So, then, Mm -hmm. like, when that actually happens, they're like, okay, we'll rescind his membership. That makes sense. Um... I don't know. They go back to the penthouse, and, like, Jasmine's like, don't, like don't lock me up. Like, this is like my, like that last night was like my first taste of the real. I'm like, girl, you have been three places in your life. You have been on your father's grounds, Jafar's penthouse and a sex club. Like (laughs) what a life. So was she a virgin when Jafar took her at the palace? Great question. If she hasn't been anywhere, was she like banging? She was technically a virgin. Is how I believe she described it. What does that mean? Um, I think that just means that a a dick had never entered her, but sure. that plenty of toys had. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I think that is really fair enough. How we're gonna describe that? I feel comfortable leaving it at that. <laughs> um. They, like, have a conversation that night where she's, like, don't, like, lock me up. Like, my dad. And he's, like, I'm just trying to, like, keep you safe. Um, and she's, like, I don't just want to be a pawn. And, I like, that's really where the tension starts to come in where she's, like, I'm I'm more than just a pawn in everyone's business deals. Mm. They go to sleep. She wakes up. He's not there. But he gave her a phone that just has his phone number and Tink's phone number. They have phone sex. That's all. Tink comes over, brings more clothes. Meg is with her, though, this time. So Meg brings in another rack of clothes. And there's actually, like, normal human clothes. There's jeans this time, not just, like, slutty dresses. Well, that's nice. Right? And Meg offers to help Jasmine escape. Hmm. And is like, would you like my assistance? Like, I I can help. Um, But this deal expires in seven days. Hmm. Like, so you, you you don't need to decide right this minute, but, like... You've got to decide at some point. Um, So Jasmine is, like, thinking that over and thinking it through when Ali, not Ali, when Jafar gets back. And her and Jafar are, like, sitting and having dinner. um, And she, like, asks him, like, 
oh, like, how was work? Like, what were you up to today? And he just kind of, like, deflects and is like, so have you thought about, like, do you want to go to college? Like, what are what do you want to do now that you, like, have a little bit more freedom than you had before? And she's like, oh, well, he's clearly not telling me the details because he clearly is still just viewing me as a pawn and all of this. Right, right. Um, and I'm just a possession. And it's like, and, like, it switches to Jafar's perspective and, like, he can, like, see that shift. And he's like, I don't know what happened, but, like, she just, like, shut down some. Right. I fucked up somehow, but yes. I don't know how. But we also learn Jafar is real stressed out because when they were out looking for Ali that weekend, six of his men went missing. Oh. Yeah. Oh. But, like, he doesn't tell her that. I was going to say, Maybe why didn't he, he just should. tell her that? Right? Like, babe, I'm sorry. I'm not all the way with it today. Six of my men are missing. Because I'm trying to find a man who's trying to capture you. Right. If we were a little bit more collaborative Mm. and communicative, communication, man. Right. That's like, it's, I'm like, not that I want to be Jafar and Jasmine's couples therapist, because quite frankly. Hard pass. Yeah. And I don't love doing couples therapy. Me either. Did you have a lot of couples before, like, when you weren't working, like, in a treatment facility? I had a few. hmm But I just always, you know, anytime there's family or, you know, couples, it's always like, yeah. I'm always like, none of you are, you're all terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're just all terrible. Occasionally, I'm like, you're the less terrible person, but I can't even really engage with that. <laughs> you're like... You're causing the least amount of conflict in this, but you still aren't blameless. Right. And I think that's the thing. It's like everyone always thinks they're blameless. Yes. I don't know, man. Well, also, let's let's note, if you are charging insurance for couples counseling, insurance pays out so much less for couples yep. than for individual therapy. And couples is so much harder because you're, man- yes. you're just managing more people. It's more to mm-hmm. like navigate and mediate like I remember doing a couple session and this was like at the start of the pandemic they were in such a big fight they called in to zoom from separate rooms of the house and were screaming at each other so loud you could hear it picking up on the mic from the and I'm like (laughs) and I was literally like if y'all can't use your inside voices in the next three seconds we are ending this session because none of this is productive. And I'm like, and I don't get paid enough for this. Right. Like, yeah, couples work is just like. It's a different level. But like, I feel like people who like fuck with couples. Love it. Love. Like I was overseeing a clinician and she's like, I only want to work with couples. I don't like doing individual talk therapy. And I'm like. What? Let no man stop you. Right. I'm like, because that sounds like a special kind of hell to me to only do couples therapy. I feel that way about working with kids, though, as well. Mm, Like, people who are, like, only work with kids, I'm like, my God. And it's not the kids themselves. It's having to deal with their parents. parents. Usually that's the issue. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's bad enough working with adults. The parents are, like, ghosts in the room. But working with kids, it's like, oh, God, no. No, no, no. Like, hats off to people who specialize in that. Well, yeah, especially because, like, the parents are the problem most of the time. Absolutely. And then they're like, my kid won't stop doing this. And I'm like, maybe if you stop doing that, they would stop responding in that way. Mm-hmm. No, you, you're you not right. Um, fuck me. 
Right. Okay. My favorite is when they show up first and they're like, we'll do anything we can. Like, we want to be supportive of our child and make sure that they have what they need. I'm like, we're here to help. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. Here's some tips and skills for you to try. (laughs) And then they're like, we won't be doing that. No, but like, what are the tips and skills for my child to try? Right. 100%. Yeah. You're like, that's not what I meant. (laughs) When no, no, I said no. I was going to be supportive. It's not I said I was going to support their behavior change, <laughs> not my own behavior change. Get the fuck out of here. Um, okay. Anywho. So all that said, switches to Jafar's perspective. And yeah, he could have just communicated more. Whatever. Um, but they do end up having a little bit of a real conversation about the future where he's like, what do you want to major in? And she's like, I've literally, like, I've never been afforded this opportunity. Like, I, I haven't put a lot of thought into this. But, like, probably software engineering. He's like, what? Software engineering? And she's like, yeah, a lot of the measures in our business and our company are archaic. And, like, we could expand into the digital, digital get-down world. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the digital penetration world. Just, like, enter more of, like, like it, they could just expand the... Modernize. Yes, modernize. Yeah. And he's like, oh, wow, like, she's so smart. And, like, she said, like, we, like, she thinks of us as, like... A team. A, a power duo. <laughs> Running the legal underworlds together. I don't know. Um, then he's like, I have a surprise for you. Meg is there. It's another probably like 20 pages worth of sex. I don't know. They have a giant threesome. A giant threesome? I say giant just because there were so many pages <laughs> detailing. I was like, oh, yeah, it's still going. Oh, yep. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, and, like, there's even like, I, I remember there's like this moment where... The, he's like, I don't know, like, suck my cock or something. And she, like, starts to, like, almost, like, get excited to do it. And she's like, oh, no, wait. I'm supposed to pretend I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Bless it. Yeah. This is far more detail than is needed at all. So, yeah, they have this big threesome. Um, the next morning, Jafar is gone. Jasmine calls Meg and is like, I'm accepting your offer. I want out. And Meg's like, okay. Like, I got my plan in place. Be at the elevator at this time. Like, because I guess I forgot. Jasmine had, like, tried to get in the elevator previously from the penthouse, and none of the buttons would work. Like, you needed, like, a code or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, escapes down into the car. When she gets in the car, we find Meg is there with Hades, who had already made a deal with Ali. Oh, no. Yes. So, then they're like... Oops. Sorry about your luck, kid. We already made a deal. <laughs> She's like, I made a deal with you. He's like, but but he made a deal first. So we're handing you off to Ollie. Uh-oh. Who, like, puts her in, like, the trunk of a car and drives off. And she's like, drives off, not dries off. I realized I said that very quickly where I think we all knew what I meant. But like, I did, yeah. I was following. Thank you. Um, so this is a frying pan fire situation. Like, she's out of the frying pan and into the fire. Yes. It shook me. Sorry. Did you see the look on my face when you're like, it's a frying pan fire situation. I was like, what? (gasps) Yes. Did I just speak French or something? Like, that was your face just now. For real. For real. Yes. Um, But that is an accurate description. And so she's like, I'm going to kill Aladdin. Ali. Whatever they're calling him. Um, Switch to Jafar. Jafar's man calls him and is like, Jasmine's gone. 
And Jafar's like, okay, just keep a man on her. Like, she needs to be able to spread her wings a little bit. I get it. And they're like, no, no, no. You're not understanding. Like, she's gone. Like. In the wind. Yes. Like, we think Aladdin has her. And so Jafar realizes that, like, a deal was probably made with Hades. He goes to the underworld. And Hades, like, won't see him. And um, they turn him away. But then as Tink is leaving, or as he's leaving, Tink walks up and, like, hands him, like, a note that, set, like, lets him know that Ali has Jasmine at her dad's, Balthazar, I think was her dad's name. I don't know. At his old grounds and property. Um, but, like, on the note, like, Hades is, like, now we're even. I think from, like, when Aladdin had, like... Mm gone into the room when he should not have and they rescinded his membership and all that shit right so this was Hades plan to get Ali to Jafar this wasn't necessarily like a full betrayal I think Hades just makes a lot of deals got it and because then he he can collect a lot of favors right so I think it was less about like overtly helping Jafar and Mm -hmm. more like Ali had made it into the room. We fucked up from, like, our, like, rules of our sex club here. So, like, this evens the scales. Got it. And, like, less of, like, overtly trying to help him and more just, like, I no longer owe you any favors for our fuck up. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Even though he handed Jasmine over. (laughs) Like, Well, because Ali had made a deal. Right. But it seems like we could have done that without endangering her. But whatever. Who am I to split hairs? But if the deal was that he to get Jasmine. Right. Whatever. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> I just realized it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I was getting caught up in it. And then I was like, wait a second. You're like, I really need to understand this. And you're like, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So Jasmine is back at, like, I'll, not Ali. Jafar's like, okay, I'm going to, like, get my troops together. I'm going to go save my woman. And then we go to Jasmine. Jasmine is at the grounds. Ali is not a good man. Like, probably smacks her across the face at some point. Her father smacked her across the face at the beginning. She had a bruise. Mm. Pissed her far off. I don't... Just, you know, coming full circle. Abusive men. Sure. Um, she gets close enough. She kills Ali. Good for her. Jafar shows up. To, like, save her and all of the men who are there have now, like, pledged their allegiance to Jasmine. And then he... Wait, pled- all of Ali's men pledged their yeah. allegiance? Oh, cool. Like, and Good then, for her. Well, because, like, you realize, like, some of the men had been, like, Balthazars before that. Mm. And, like... And then some of the men had maybe been Jafar. Like, everyone's just kind of, like... Lots of messy loyalty. Yes, a lot yeah. of messy loyalty. Everyone pledges their loyalty to Jasmine, including Jafar, when he gets there. And then she's like, but you can still be in charge in the bedroom. I don't, there's more detail. None of it matters. That is, um, the end. They probably (laughs) fucked. Okay. They are now going to rule everything together. Hmm. The end. The end. Yeah. So, I'd say, it's like probably a 200 page book. And I'd say that probably like over 100 pages are sex. Mm. If I, well, maybe less. I don't know. By the time you include digital penetration, probably half the book is daddy, baby girl, digital penetration, costume changes. Other kinds of penetration. Yeah. A lot, a lot of penetration. Yeah. Um, a lot of nudity. 
Like there, like there is plot. That titties flapping in the water. Titties, titties flapping. <laughs> yep, titties slapping in the water. Really, a, she will not win the swimming contest. <laughs> so, what is our rating scale? I was just trying to think of like what's the rating scale for this, like like Raja's, but that feels weird given your your tied in the name. Maybe so, we could do tigers. We could do tigers. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say we could tinks, like t- little tinkerbells, little tinkerbells, spreader bars. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Anna took a sip of her wine through her giant silicone straw as I said that and was not prepared and almost just put it out all over our like very light colored couch. <laughs> so glad you kept that in. <laughs> <sighs> spreader bars. No. Sure. <laughs> Whatever makes you happy. Um, no, I think, I think tigers. It's a safe choice. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Cause like, if you're thinking of it in the grand scheme of like, all of the different books that we read, mm-hmm. like, I think for its specific genre and what it's trying to accomplish, it's, it's good. Right. You know, but I think, like, if you're looking at it in the context, did you spray wine on your hand? I did. I got it on my <laughs> I just noticed that. I got it on my hand. Incredible. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, like, I think for its genre and for what it set out to do, it accomplished it. Right. right? Um, but I also don't think anyone is going to read it and be like, this is a great literary masterpiece. Right. So for what it is, it achieved its goal. Yeah. Was it enjoyable? I I would say towards its goal, it's enjoyable. Okay. Yes. I would say, like, once again, if you're reading it for, like, a lot of plot, like, you just have to know what you're getting going into it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say if there are ten tigers, I would give it, like... I, like, feel like I'm trying to rate it on two different scales. Yeah, I would see you trying to figure out, like, towards its goal and for what it is, it it did what it intended to do. But, like, in terms of comparison to other books that maybe were a little richer, it falls short. Yes. So I'd say, like, probably five tigers out of ten. Or, like, six tigers out of ten if I'm trying to marry those... I think, honestly, it's probably, like, six tigers if we're looking at, like, it's set out what it's trying to do. It's not going to win any awards. Maybe it has. I don't know. Um, <laughs> like. No shade, Katie. Yeah. Just saying. Like, there's there's enough plot that, like, to, to carry you through. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd say, I would say six out of ten okay. tigers. I know you, you didn't read it. I did not. From... My great retelling from the best retelling of all time. I would support six. I'm going to trust your judgment. Oh, no. That's so much pressure. So so the reason why I can trust and support is because I did read Neon Gods. Mm. And I did – that whole, like, clarification on the – 
consensual non-consent and all that stuff is really like that matters to me yeah and so i'm like okay so for what it is especially given that i will support the six yeah Uh, six out of ten tigers final offer did you read um lj shin's new Mm -mm. thorn princess Mm -mm. i would be curious your thoughts because like talking about like consensual non-consent where like there's a scene where like like, that's what he's really into. She walks in on him having sex with a woman who's also into that, but, like, she doesn't know. Oh, no. Yeah, so, like, then, like, mm. she has, like, sexual trauma, and, like, it's a whole hmm. messy. Maybe I'll add that to my list, and we can do a joint or something on that one later in the season. Yeah. Possibly. I would just be, I'd be curious your thoughts, regardless. I, yeah, that one. Might be a messy review. I don't know. I I like L.J. Shen a lot. Yeah. But I also feel like her her books either, like, really land for me or they really don't land. Like, I'm always like, hell yeah. Or I'm like, well, we finished it. Right. (laughs) We can mark it as a red on Goodreads. Yep. Closer to my annual goal. Yep. How many books did you set as your annual goal this year? 300 again? 300, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to meet it this year. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, damn. I mean, I might, but I'm at 81, I think. That is low for you while also still very far considering when we are recording this, it is spring. Yeah. 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 So only a couple months into the year and you're already at 81. Yeah. I, well, because historically I've set my goal is like, I like hit 200 for a couple years then last year when I was super pregnant, I think I hit, like, I had been, like, powering through and then I just, like, hit a wall. Yeah. And I think my goal, I lowered it to 150. And then this year I was, like, don't set yourself up for failure. Like, you don't need to, like, set a high goal. Like, you have a less than one-year-old child. Mm-hmm. So I set my goal, I think, is, like, 50 books for this year. Yeah. So in my head I'm, like, you know, like, a little less than one a week pretty much one a week since there's 52 weeks so if we split that math on those those right. last two books right yeah, i was like okay um and i think i'm somewhere in the 20s yeah so like we'll That's probably still, surpass yeah. my goal but i also i don't know i'm like why set myself up for failure right you know where i'm like i'm the one setting the goal i don't need to like <laughs> right. be like i don't need to be stressed about it i'm like also even if I stopped reading, if I didn't read any more books this entire year, I've still read a lot more books than most people. Than a lot, yeah. Yeah. Like, I was scrolling through Facebook and a friend was like, I, it was at the end of 2022. And she was like, man, like, I, I hit my goal of reading 10 books this year. And in my head, I was like, 10? What? <laughs> I call that January. Right. But right. then I was like, I'm not like, I was like, no. Like, no judgment. Yes. But I'm also like, if you are not a huge reader, like 10 books is That's a lot. Great. And you know what? Let's also own when people are like, I only read 10 books this year. Most of the time they aren't reading Desperate Measures by Katie Robb. <laughs> like <laughs> they're probably reading, you know, like something like Swan Song by Robert McCannon. That's like, I don't know more than a thousand pages and it's like this epic journey that you go on yes and it's just doing the most there's no romance in it at all like there's not really any romantic relationship happening that's what people are reading when they're reading 10 books a year or they're reading they're like this is like 
what, self-help book or like or was it like where the crawdads sing or like what right. i'm like or um culture yes yeah, so where i'm like oh they are reading books that like maybe hold a little more weight and substance yeah then i'm like I'm reading a book called Triceratops and Bottoms. <laughs> so, like, let's keep things in perspective. So, yeah. like, not sh- – like, but just one of those where I was like, oh, ten books. And I was like – Good for her. But then in my head, I'm like, man, I didn't hit my 150 book goal for this year. And, like, we're all doing great. We are. We are all doing fine. We are. And with that in mind, if y'all have read Desperate Measures – let us know what you think. Yes. Let us know. Share your thoughts. How many tigers? Would you choose a different rating system? Yeah. We did just come up with that on the fly. So if I, you, I would be surprised if we can come up with something better. I know that's a big plot twist, that we choose a different rating system on the fly <laughs> every time. I don't know. Usually, obviously, clearly, we put a lot of thought and energy into the rating scales. Well, so bless my sweet husband who, like, does all of our, like, back-end production and all of that stuff and gets everything ready for, like, social media. But he will um, – when he uploads it to YouTube, he'll normally, like, for the background, try and choose something that was pertinent to the show. And there are so many times where I'm like, the fuck did you choose that background for? And he's like, because that was your rating scale on this book. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, it was. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, Chelsea, I didn't just choose – Hugh Jackman. That was one of my favorite. That was amazing. That was amazing. That was Just Hugh one. Jackman's face. It was good. Right. But yeah, the, really good. there are several times where like, I don't even remember. And my husband's like, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm not out here choosing these things willy nilly. Like they are pertinent to the show. And I'm There's like, a method. well, damn. Yeah. So tigers it is. Tigers it is. Rajas. Mm. Yeah. Still... Really, there was no conversation about their safe word. They just like had a safe word, which okay, that neither here nor there. At least we had it. We do appreciate which is more that. Than most what a great read stories. Okay, oh, I hear someone moving. I I don't know. I, sounds like Brandon followed by Vance. Yeah, sounds like my dog fell on the ground, which he will do when he's following you around for food. He'll yep. like not pay attention and then slip. In a fit of joy. And he's like... <laughs> I also get excited about food. I'm highly food motivated. Yeah. And I'm ready for all. a snack. Ooh, yeah. It's snack <laughs> time. Okay. Six out of ten tigers. Let us know what you would rate it. Um, Not just rate that, but feel free to like, subscribe, give us a rating on the show on whatever your preferred streaming platform is. It always goes a long way. Yeah. Tell and a friend. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Tell friends. Yeah. No, we've had this conversation before. I'm like, you know, know your the audience. cool friends. <laughs> tell your cool friends. Don't tell your narc friends. <laughs> okay. We can't wait to see you until next time. Have a great afternoon. Bye, Bye y'all. Well, that's it for this week's Mutt Sluts. We hope it was good for you because it sure was great for us. If you're digging what we're doing... It would mean a lot if you'd take a minute to rate and review the show wherever you're listening right now. Maybe tell that sexy someone to lend us an ear. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next week. Stay smutty.